Elders, if you go ahead and come on up, and the Rivera family, come right up here. We're going to do a little baby dedication here in just a second. So get the elders up and the Riveras. Well, go ahead and find your seats, everybody. We're going to dedicate this young man who is dressed up for us this morning. So glad y'all are here today. This beautiful spring day. If you can hear me, clap once. If you can hear me, clap twice. If you can hear me, clap three times. See, it's, it's a good test, isn't it? If you can hear me, clap once. So you, can t you can tell how long people have been at Believer's Church by how long they ignore me. The longer they've been here, the more like, uh, don't pay attention. All right, so we have a nice young man here, Christian Gael Rivera. It is not Christian Gael. That is what Javier has made very clear. This is Christian Gael. Christian means follower of Christ. Gael means generous. And the verse mom and dad have picked for him to characterize what they see God doing him. And it's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It's the NLT. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Man, I just love this family, the way God's been building this family. How many, your house is better off because of this family? Yes, mine. Thank you for the Riveras. Um, isn't this guy well-dressed? Doesn't he look good? You've done good, Christian. So I, I, asked, I asked one of our elders, Victor, to come because I think it's that important to, that when we, at these moments, we pray from our language of the heart. And so uh, Victor's going to pray in Spanish here this morning. Let's greet with him to dedicate Christian guy. All the elders, let's come around. It's an honor to pray. And to pray in Spanish. So, Father God, I thank you. Te damos gracias, Señor, in this morning that you've given us, Father God, in esta mañana que tú nos regalas, Señor. 
And we ask your special blessing upon Christian. Y una bendición muy especial sobre este niño Christian. May your hand be upon him day and night. Que tu mano esté sobre él día y noche. Father God, may you be his compass. Señor, que tú seas su compás, que lo lleves bien. Father God, may we as a community, Señor, nosotros como una comunidad, as a family, una familia, we will help instruct and direct this young man into the way, the truth, and the life that only Jesus can do. En el camino, la verdad y la vida que solamente Cristo Jesús puede ofrecer. And now we bless you, Christian. Y ahora te bendecimos, Christian. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, y del Espíritu Santo. May your days be full of the joy of knowing Jesus. Que tus días estén llenos de gozo del conocimiento de Cristo Jesús. Amén. Amén. Amén is bilingual, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. We bless you. Bless you. My, my wife has told me that if, if she's ever really sick, she doesn't want me to come pray. She wants Victor to come. <laughs> you, you can see why, right? Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. There you go, John. Yeah. yeah. I've got just a couple of announcements for us. Welcome, everybody, to Believer's Church. Uh, if you're new to Believer's, you'll want to know, you'll want to know that bctulsa.com is our website. And you can uh, get connected through there. You can give through there. And also you can find out all of the happenings at our church. Um, uh-oh. Uh, and so now it's actually called the Community Life tab. You'll click the Community Life tab, and then underneath there will be the Events tab, which will take you to all of the different things we have going. And so a couple things that we have coming up soon. We have uh, something called the Gospel Conversations Training. I remember a story, my, my grandpa was a godly man, he passed recently, and I remember him, I was sitting in his truck with him, and he said, uh, Jonathan, I went to church my whole life, and they would always tell me to share the gospel with my friends, and I always felt like a little bit of a disappointment, because I never was very uh, skilled at it, but no one ever taught me how. And I, I heard that, and it developed this conviction in me that at our church, we've got to equip people to preach the gospel. Amen? So Dane Lucas is going to be leading this training. If you have any interest in growing in your comfortability and how to share your faith, Dane is an excellent teacher and practitioner. So please come to this event, Gospel Conversations Training, Saturday, May 7th from 1 o'clock to 5, and you can sign up on the Events tab through the Community Life tab. A vacation Bible school is happening. May 17th is the deadline for that. Uh, June 6th to 10 is the date for vacation Bible school. Monumental. And um, if you have friends that do not go to Believer's Church, they can come for free. Um, so we encourage you guys to get your kids signed up. Also, we need lots of volunteers. Um, so again, June 6th through 10 is the date for that. May 17th is the deadline. What's that? What ages? What are the ages for VBS? Through, through fifth grade. Thank you, Jared. That's right. That's right. All ages. 
But I'm sure that if you go to the events tab, it will have more specifics. Um, there is a meet and greet. If you're new to Believer's Church, if you've been, uh, if you're new in the last three to six months or so, or if you just want to learn a little bit more information or meet some of the staff or leaders right here in the fireside room after church, there's going to be about a 20 minute meet and greet. So we encourage you to stop by. We'll have cookies and some coffee and snacks. All right. And Anna's going to come up to share. Hi, family. (laughs) Um, As you probably know, what I'm about to do is to exhort us and urge us with emphasis and passion using one passage of scripture after another. So for those of you in this section, you may want to filter in here because we're using this screen today. In the middle of rehearsal, the bulb burst. Um, so we lost this guy. So if you want to view all the passages that I'm aiming for, you might want to move. Is that all right? (laughs) Right now. (laughs) No, I, I believe I have an important message for us today. Um, how many of you know the Lord has freed us and he wants to keep freeing us? He saved us and he keeps saving us. He wants to build and cultivate love in our hearts for him and one another. And he wants to set us free from anything that's hindering us, burdening us. He wants to liberate us. And so my message today is to seek to bring us into Jesus' teachings, into abundant life, so we can have more and more liberty. Is that okay? Awesome. You know, we live in a foreign place. This is in our home. We await our home with him, and he is returning for us. While we live here, a world rages in noise all around us, and it's a deceptive, abnormal place. It's nothing like the kingdom that we're living in. But it's all around us, and so sometimes it seems like the most normal thing in the world. But it's not normal, and it begins to seep on us, make something that's not normal very normal, and it deceives us into participating in abnormal behavior, in fact, sinful behavior. And it begins to lure, 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 lure us into a trap house lure us into slavery again, slave to sin, okay? So I want to alert us today. I want to urge us that we can believe Jesus when he gives us the words of life. We can hear those words, we can obey them, and we can walk in freedom, even if we live here. Even as we live in a foreign place, we can believe him, obey him, and walk in continued freedom. Is that okay? So one thing that holds us back from walking in freedom is judging others. (laughs) In our culture, judging others is very normative, right? 
everything is ours to judge. And so it becomes very normal for us to think about judging anything and everything that we have the right to do that. And it's going to cause a lot of problems for us, as I'll, I'll show you today. So can we hear with the words of Jesus that he wants to set us free? And my aim today is to convince us that his words are true and to urge us to stay alert and aware to the schemes of the enemy that would have us go back into slavery. All right? You want to, a great place to start is the gospel. Is that okay? (laughs) It helps us sort through what's real and what's not. So let's go into Ephesians 2. Listen to what the joy that uh, Paul says this to the Ephesians. As for you all, as for all of us, we were dead in our sins and transgressions in which we used to live when we followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedience. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of God's great love for us, A God who is rich in mercy, he made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved, and Christ raised us up, and God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in order that in the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us, which he showed in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of ourselves so that no one can boast. No, it is a work of God. It's a gift of God. It's not from ourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't it awesome, the freedom we have in Jesus? He set us free, not because of anything we did, but because of what he wanted to do. Because of his lavish love, we stand free from our sins, from the former way of doing things, from the world's way of doing things. We are free. And not one of us can boast. Not one of us did it. Not one of us got it. We all took the deal and said, I don't get it. I can't account for what I did. I can't pay for it. I'll take the deal in you. I'll take life everlasting in you. I'll choose what you gave me. The gift that you gave me. Because the Father has brought us into a family we don't deserve to be in. We didn't do anything to deserve it. He did everything so that no one can boast. The only boast we have is in him. The problem is that we take a bait that the enemy lays before us, that the world is cultivating and living in. We take the bait and then it eats us. We step out of the grace we've been given and we say we deserve something and someone else deserves something else, right? 
we say we have something to boast in because we knew that. And so let's hear what Jesus has to say regarding this matter because he wants to set us free. His words are the words of life. So as we hear them, we know that he wants to give us life, that he's good and loving, and his aim is to set us free. Is that okay? Matthew 7, Jesus has just said, hey, there's a lot of things to worry about. If you're in my family, you don't have to worry, right? And now he says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you too will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then he continues on, so look, in everything, do to others what you want them to do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many people enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus has the words of life to teach us how we can live in a crazy, jacked-up world until his return, right? He's saying there's going to be lots of judgments to make, and you won't have to make them. (laughs) He's freeing us. He's freeing us from making judgments. But not only that, he's freeing us from condemning ourselves because he says, if you judge other people, you stand condemned. You will be judged. You know, the other day I was going on another rant about how no one RSVPs online or with invitations. Not even the same hour I look in my purse and I had an RSVP to an event, you know? I I got on a rant about it. And yet I had done the same thing that very hour, you know? What are we like? We're quick. The bait is there. The judgments are all around us. But Jesus is saying, you don't have to make any judgments. In fact, if you want to follow the way of life, you won't make any. That's contrary to the world around us. It says that many enter through a broad way. A lot of people can make judgments, but Jesus is asking that we follow his way, and only his way is the way that leads to life. So if we want to follow an eternal life way, we'll begin to start removing judgments from us, from our vocabulary, from how we're disposing them on other people. And it's to our benefit. We want to live, right? Let's continue on. James is going to keep talking to us about this. The women's ministry just did a Bible study on James. So you women, you know what I'm talking about. James 2. He's getting worked up. (laughs) 
if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you don't commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Listen to his plead. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Isn't that awesome? We all missed it. (laughs) We're all lawbreakers. Every last one of us. That's why we chose Jesus. (laughs) We were convicted lawbreakers. We may not have committed murder, but we showed favoritism. We're guilty. He says, you're all under the, you, you've done it. And that's why we chose Jesus. We live in a foreign place. And it's telling us we have some rights that we don't have in God's family. We've relinquished those rights because we know how guilty we already were. We don't want to hold ourselves or others to the former way. We want to be liberated from that way. That's why we chose him. James is going to keep going. Look, he says, we all stumble in many ways. Can I get an amen? (laughs) We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what they say, they're perfect. They're able to keep their whole body in check. And then he breaks it down. Look, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. It boasts in ourselves when we know we didn't do anything. We only can boast in Jesus. But we're deceived. Our tongue makes boasts about things we have nothing to boast in. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. With, listen, listen, family, he wants to free us today. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's image. Out of the same mouth come praise and curses. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sister, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He wants to free us. Double-mindedness is coming out of our mouth, and we don't have to do it. That was the former way. Look, he says, who of you gets it? Who of you is wise and understanding among you? 
you get it, then show it by your good life, by deeds done in humility that come from God, that come from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But look, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, submissive, considerate, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Family, we have to be wise as we live in this foreign place. The wisdom of this world is in opposition to God. The wisdom of this world is leading people to death, destruction, lies upon lies. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is a wisdom of humility. It's a wisdom to know we have nothing to boast in but Jesus. If we are making judgments against others, we're going down the wrong way and it's heaping burdens on us. We're crushing ourselves with our own words. We're all lawbreakers. We all have the same end coming to us, but that Jesus rescued us and we rely on his love. And we're going to have to rely on his ways if we're going to live in this crazy place. Is that okay? Okay, James is going to take us further. <laughs> All right. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scriptures say without reason that he, he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell within us, but he gives us more grace? That's why the scriptures say God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If I hold tightly to my own opinion, I'm in opposition to God. It's not about this person. If I am pridefully holding on to my own opinion, I am in opposition of God Almighty. Don't we want to flow in the grace the Lord's given us, in the freedom he's given us? The world stands in opposition of God. The world is God's enemy. They say, I'm the authority of my life, not you. But we've chosen the deal. We said, you're the authority of my life. I don't know anything. I can't get myself out of this mess. You can. I need help, and I choose you. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Don't each of us want more and more grace? Don't we want to walk in his grace and live in it? Don't we want to extend that grace and mercy to others? Do we really want to hold people to what they've done when God hasn't done that for us? Then we'd be in opposition to God. We'd be opposing him. Look, he says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God. He'll come near to you. 
Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Our Father wants to lift us up. The world wants to keep pushing us down and down and down. Are our words pushing people down, down, down? Or do we want to push people up, up, right? Do we want to be like our Father in heaven? He wants to lift us up. As we're humble, he can. If we're in pride, we stand in opposition to what he wants to do. Give us more gifts, more freedom, more grace. He's so good to us. Okay. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but you're sitting in judgment on it. And that's the boomerang, isn't it? We thought we had the right. Oh, now it's back at me. I've extended it. I had a lot of proof. They deserve that. And now I'm sitting in this. I am against my own self. And that's why the Lord wants to liberate us from the heavy loads we're carrying, not only on other people, but then in turn on ourselves. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But he says, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Have you been given the role to judge your neighbor? What role have we been given? To be obedient, loving children of God. That's the role he asked us to do. That's, that's the mission he gave us. He didn't say, now that you know the truth, you're the judge. You're the lawgiver. He said, I'm that. I'm that. You don't have to play that role any longer. The world said, you, you are the judge, but you're actually not. I am. I'm the one able to save and destroy. But who are you to do it? The enemy seeking to trap us. He's saying, look, here's a license to judge. It's not the case. We haven't been given that license, right? We've been given freedom from our judgments, right? What's he going to judge us with? Whether we did what he asked us to do, he wants to give us rewards. We've been set free from judgments. Why are we heaping judgments on others and back on ourselves? He wants to free us. You know, as being in a particular vocation as a pastor and getting the profound uh, honor of hearing many times both sides of a situation, which is very rare, you know, to hear this side and this side of the same situation, you begin time after time after time, year after year, you begin to realize people don't have all the information that they think they do. You know? Whatever information, conclusions you think you can come to, it, it's not amounting to very much. You know? But it seems quite right. You know? Let me, let me tell you a story. I lived with a lot of women in my, I lived with a lot of roommates, and um, one of those 
roommates we didn't know very well. I'll call her Kim. Everyone else we had a relationship with, but Kim no one knew. And Kim was a terrible roommate. And, the, and the, this was the evidence that she was terrible. Is she, three of us shared a bathroom, and she lived there. She loved, loved having her quiet time. She would bring her laptop in there. She would take long baths. But we, I, sometimes I'd go to bed wanting to go to the bathroom, but I'd just fall asleep before, you know? So, so she, she loved that, and that caused us distress. Um, also, she'd forget that her dishes were in the sink. You know, she'd, a couple days later, and we'd, we'd all know who the culprit was, but she wouldn't be aware of it. And additionally, she um, wouldn't wake up to her alarm. And so for over an hour, the alarm would be going off. All of us would be awake, yet she wouldn't until one of us would have to physically knock on the door and wake her up, you know? And so it just began to be burdensome. It was, she's just, you know, the evidence that she was the worst was mounting. And as it began to mount, my other roommates interacted with her more than I did, and, and they began to despise her. They began to loathe her. And as it turned out, uh, caller Mary had gotten some bread, you know, what's that, 249? And Kim began to eat that bread, if you can imagine. And the despising began, the, the words of venom were there. How could she do it? How could she do it? And day after day, the bread began to go down. <laughs> and the hate began to increase. Until a couple days from then, Mary found her bread. She found that she had been so worried about it, she wrote her name on it and put it in a cupboard. And her bread was completely intact. In fact, Mary was the one eating Kim's bread day after day. <laughs> it's such a simple and true example. But it's our life, right? It's our life. We wanted Kim to get what she deserved. But when Mary was the one to get it, she didn't want to get what she deserved right? She had heaped a huge load on Kim that was crushing Mary, right? It was making unbearable to live together in these, these qualities, these, this evidence. What are we holding people to? The same thing we've done? Surely not. Why? Let, let's take a look. We, we read through Jesus' words, James' words, why, why are we not going to engage in judging, even though it's all around us? Well, first of all, no, none of us can boast because we're all lawbreakers, right? We took the deal. Two, no one is better. God made us all different on purpose. We each have our own load to bear. We have gifts and strengths, weaknesses, struggles, right? 
So in the gospel, none of us are better than the other. So what ground have we? Well, pride can puff us up and make us think we're looking down on someone. But we can't see who is looking down on us. The God of all. Who knows? No one is better. Paul says if we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we're unwise. Do we want to live unwisely or wisely? (laughs) If we compare ourselves, we're living unwise. It's not a good comparison. We should compare ourselves to Jesus. That's who we can compare ourselves and continue to lay open in humility. Lord, bless me. Grow me. I'm comparing myself to you. Also, judging one another is making us sick. Because of the boomerang, we're judging our own selves. We're sitting on judgment itself. Some of the symptoms of that can be insecurity. If you feel insecure a lot, there might be a lot of judgments coming forth from you. Paranoia, self-hatred. These are outcomes of judgments that we've made on other people. That we, it's coming back to us, like Jesus said it would. We aren't in the role to judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge. The way of the world is going nowhere fast, right? We see it all around us. That's obvious. That's what we got free from. It's a house of deception and death. And if we do what's normal in the world, we're going to walk away from the life the Lord has for us. We're going to be enslaved again. And we want to live free. And primarily, the reason not to judge would be that Jesus asked us not to. He said, you don't have to. There's a lot of judgments to make, but I'm asking you not to make them. His way leads to life, and we don't want to step outside the gospel. We don't want to come out from under grace, under forgiveness, right? We want to be swimming in those things and having other people join our pool, right? So as we look at the way of this world... Here's how the world conducts themselves. We've already talked about it, so I'm going to fly through these. Is that okay? But look, this is what's good. This is how the world conducts themselves and the fruit of that, and you see it all around you. First, you make the observation. Someone's eating my bread. (laughs) License to judge. (laughs) Right? I've made the observation, and now I have a licensed judge, says the world. And these are the outcomes. Comparison, arrogance, puffed up, pride, boasting, justification, critical about someone, putting their character and intelligence in a place of judgment, slander, condemnation, hard hearts, hard hearts towards others, separation from relationship, inevitability. Gossip, talking about others. We're stuck. We're bringing up the situation over and over again. We're sour. We're burdened. We're keeping a lot of evidence against others and a lot of proof that we're right. And demanding justice, that people get what they deserve or they should, right? They should get what's coming to them. And I want to see that happen, right? We don't want to see that happen to us. 
we want to judge others but receive mercy? No, we'll have to extend mercy if we want to get mercy. And an urge to stick it to someone, right? We see these are the ways of the world. But look, we don't have to conform to those ways. Romans 12 says, don't conform to the way of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't we want to know what God's will is? We, won't, we can't conform to the way the world handles things. How can we conduct ourselves? We've already talked about this. We make an observation. We can pray. Lord, I'm hurt. What the heck? My bread's gone. <laughs> no, there's real stuff. There's real stuff. We can confess our sin. We can wait on the Lord. We can be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That's what James says. We can go through a process of discernment. I don't know what to do about this situation. We can ask questions of each other. We can engage in humility. We can examine our hearts and ask the Lord to search us. We can seek help and we can seek clarity. A lot of times when I'm getting to hear both sides, judgments have begun, which means communication has ended right? There's no more clarity or asking for help. It's the judgments are made, the relationship is starting to end, right? But we can communicate. We can forgive. We can practice patience towards others. We want to have soft hearts filled with compassion and love, like our Father. We want to extend mercy. We can go directly to the person that we're concerned about. That's what Jesus said to do. Go directly to the person we don't have to involve other people. We can engage in relationship. All right, it's going to cause growth, fruit, and freedom. Those are the things we want anyway. This is what the Lord wants, to create a loving plan forward for people, with God and with his people. He wants to create solutions, not talk about things. He wants to create loving plans and solutions. We can obey Jesus and move as the Holy Spirit directs us. We can have joy in the work Jesus did, that we don't get what we deserve. We can rehearse the gospel to ourselves, and we can continue in the work he prepared in advance for us to do. You okay? It's about to get spicy, as you can see. So we see there's, there's no comparison, comparing each other. We don't have a leg to stand on. It's, it's not wise practice. We, Jesus has asked us not to judge each other. No one has more significance or value than one another, right? We're all in the same boat, completely loved as we are, not because of what we did. He has a lot of freedom for us. If we can renew our minds in his way and practice the way that leads to life, we'll be transformed. And we can have clean hearts to help one another. Isn't that why we're here? To be the body of Christ? Oh, your pinky's injured? Let me help you. Oh, we skinned our knee? Let me help you. 
But if we're burdened with a hard heart, we're not going to be able to help ourselves or anyone. And part of our body is getting distorted and damaged. If we can renew our mind in the truth, we can walk with a clean heart. And so my message is, there's freedom from judgment, and there's also freedom in judgment. Let me show you what I mean. Here's a, here's a situation Paul hears about, and so he's writing the Corinthian church. He's already really up in arms at this point in the letter. So, also, I'm going to read this out of the message, and that's because when I first believed, I judged the message harshly. <laughs> I said, this isn't even... No. That's not what it says. But it's useful for what it's useful for, isn't it? And so hopefully it'll be a useful tool for us today, this translation, in the message version. Paul's saying, look, I also received a report of scandalous sex within your community. I also just wanted to read it for that line. No, it's really serious. I also received a report of scandalous sex within your church family, a kind that wouldn't even be tolerated outside the church. One of your men is sleeping with his stepmother. And you're so above it all that it doesn't even faze you? Shouldn't this break your hearts? Shouldn't this bring you to your knees in tears? Shouldn't this person and his conduct be confronted and dealt with? He goes on to say, Don't you want him on his feet and forgiven before the master on the day of judgment? Isn't that what we want for one another? Do we really want us to get what we deserve? Or do we want us on the day of judgment on his feet and forgiven? Right? That's where we want to be on the day of judgment. He says, your flip and callous arrogance in these things really bothers me. You pass it off as a small thing, but it's anything but that. Yeast, too, is a small thing, but it works its way through the whole batch of bread pretty fast. So get rid of this yeast. Our true identity is flat and plain, humble. It's not puffed up with a wrong kind of ingredient. The Messiah, our Passover lamb, has already been sacrificed for the Passover meal. And we are the unraised bread part of the feast. So let's live out our part of the feast. Not as raised bread swollen with the yeast of evil, but as flat bread, humble, simple, genuine, unpretentious. I wrote you in my earlier letter that you shouldn't make yourselves at home with sexually promiscuous people. I didn't mean that people of this world. I didn't mean you should have nothing at all to do with outsiders or with criminals, whether blue or white collar, or with spiritual phonies for that matter. You'd have to leave the world entirely to do that. But I was saying to you that you shouldn't act as if everything is fine when a friend who claims to be a Christian is promiscuous or crooked is flip with God or rude with friends, gets drunk or becomes greedy and predatory. 
You can't just go along with this, treating it as acceptable behavior. I'm not responsible for what people outside the church do. They don't follow God. But don't we have some responsibility for those within our community? God decides on the outsider, but we need to decide when our brothers and sisters are out of line and, if necessary, clean house. I just kept reading. Okay. It's really serious that we have a clean heart, that we renew our minds and move in to the heart the Lord has for us to be grieved that any one of us should fall back into the slavery of sin, right? His ways always lead us to freedom. If any of us fell back into slavery, don't we want to be free? Don't we want our family around us to help us get free? He's saying we, we can't be flippant and say, only God can judge me, right? A lot of my clients, when I was a therapist, they had Tupac's phrase on their arms or a tattoo on their chest saying, only God can judge me. That's because they had a hard life, right? They said, oh, only God can judge me. But sometimes it was used as a license for sin. Only God can judge me. You don't know my heart. You don't know, right? But we have some real problems, and we want to be delivered. We want to be free. But we won't be able to help anyone if we're comparing each other, if we're condemning each other. We need clean hearts to restore people gently back into the Lord's plan back into his way of doing things. That's the only way to eternal life. Not because we're better than anyone, but because we're all after freedom in Christ, right? Look, James, James tells us, he says, look, my brothers, my sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways has saved him from death and covered a multitude of sins. Right? That's what we're after. Not because we're better. Not because someone's less value. Not because we had an easier life. But because of the grace the Lord's given us, we want to restore one another. Look how uh, Eugene Peterson continues to say this in Galatians. <laughs> Paul says this to the Galatians. I hope it really helps us this morning. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. <laughs> RSVPs <laughs> every time. I need, I need the forgiveness <laughs> before the hour was out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. Look, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given, and then sink yourself into that work. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can do with your own life. 
But the one who plants in response to God, let, the, let God's spirit do the growth work in him. It harvests a crop of real eternal life. Isn't that what we want to be submitted to the Holy Spirit, that he's growing and cultivating in us a life, eternal life? We have work that he's prepared in advance for us to do. Are we doing that work or are we wondering whether other people are doing theirs and condemning them? We have real work to do in his kingdom while we live here until he returns. We can focus on that rather than what the world is engaging in. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. Let's not get weary in doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get a chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us, the community of faith. That's one another. Can we work on the benefit of all of us and put down our judgments? They're causing us a lot of burden. They're causing a lot of pain for us. Let me just end with Jesus' words to us. His words to us lead us into eternal life. Jesus' words to us lead us into eternal life. Can we believe him? Can we put what he said into practice by the power of the Holy Spirit within us? He doesn't say this and say, good luck, everyone around you just judging, but hold tight, Right? He said, I'll give you the power of the Holy Spirit to play this out, right? I'll give you one another to help you. What does he say to us? Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Even people who don't know God do that. And if you lend to those for whom you expect a repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But I tell you, love your enemies and do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. What? Wasn't he kind to us when we were ungrateful and wicked? Even now when we're ungrateful, isn't he bestowing kindness on us? Will we be like our Father in heaven and receive that reward? Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Look, do not judge, or you'll be judged. Do not condemn, or you will be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Look, can a blind person lead another blind person? Will they not both fall into a pit? 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and you pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye. Then you can see clearly to help your brother. Isn't that what we want? To walk in the truth and then help our brothers and sisters? It's such a good free life we have in him. It's the way that leads to life is his way. I hope that today you heard me and you feel urged that Jesus wants to free us. Free us from judgments against us. Free us from the judgments we've made. And he wants to keep freeing us from any sin in our life. He wants to help search us, know us, and get it out so that we can continue to walk freely. He asks us to obey him, and we get the benefit of everlasting life if we do. Are you in on that? We have some real work to do. He prepared work in advance for us to do. Are we doing that work? Are we busy following the ways of this world, conforming to those patterns? Or are we doing the work he asked us to do? I hope today you feel liberated from judgment. Because the Lord doesn't say, feel guilty. Right? This is Lauren Hill. He says, get free. Get rid of all the crap that's killing you. Right? Let's join the Holy Spirit in the work he's already doing. Let's partner with him in that work. What are you doing in my brother? What are you doing in my sister? But first, Lord, what are you doing in me? Can I partner with you in that work? Right? When we see ourselves or someone else, we may think of ten things they need to work on. Right? But the Lord may only be working on one thing right now. What, what is he wanting to do? That's what I want to partner with. Otherwise, I'd be in opposition to God. He loves us. And we can receive his forgiveness today and then move forward in freedom from judgments. Is that all right? Will you stand with me and let's pray together? Let's say this together. I know it's in my language, but maybe it can be your language too. Lord, most merciful God, our loving Father, I recognize that I have judged others. I wish I hadn't done that. My heart that go against your ways, please forgive me. I have done things that go against your will for my life. Please forgive me. Wasted time engaging in the former way, and I have hurt you, myself, and others. Please forgive me and refocus me now. Teach me and work within me to build your new default ways that promote your life. Forgive me for thinking I'm better than others. Forgive me for considering other sins worse than my own. 
Forgive me for being so quick to recognize the sin in others, yet slow to see it in myself. Grant me the humility of spirit and the gladness of heart that comes from knowing your work, Jesus. You freed me from all my sins. You are the one I boast in. Touch my life with your healing grace and create in me a clean and soft heart. I welcome your transformation. I welcome your ways and your work. I know that you alone are the way that leads to eternal life. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. You feel his forgiveness as we leave our gathering? Feel that forgiveness. Go in peace to love and serve him. You're beautiful. If anyone wants to go to the meet and greet, meet some folks who lead our church. Uh, If you're new, why don't you go to this room right outside the doors on the right?